Do we now have near real-time gene sequencing? And if so, what does that unlock? Welcome to Tech First with Jonathan Sear. Gene sequencing used to take a lot of time, and I mean a lot. Uh, the Human Genome Project, after all, which most of us know about, started October 1st, 1990 and completed in April of 2003. Now there's a way of sequencing a whole genome in just hours, which should unlock major new capabilities. To learn more, we're talking with Dr. Ruhl Woods from IMEC, a major global research hub. Welcome, Ruhl. Hi, John. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Hey, super happy to have you with us. Tell us about this new DNA analysis platform that you've released. Yeah, so we are software people, and so we, we optimize software pipelines, and we focused here on DNA sequencing. And so we've done that for quite a while, and we released the latest version, which can now do uh, 50 times coverage whole genome. That's one that's quite often used. We can now do that in under 10 minutes for roughly speaking $1. Wow. That is significantly fast and significantly cheap. I mean, how much faster is that than typically what you would have done in the past? I mean, let's say, you know, before this process, you're a scientist, you're in the medical field, you need a genome sequenced. Where do you go? How long does it take? How much does it cost? Good question. So in hospitals, they use a de facto standard in many places called JTK, which is from the Broad Institute. So a well-respected tool that gives very good outputs, which is what we want. And so that uh, tool for this whole uh, genome, 50 times a whole genome, would take roughly uh, order of magnitude of six hours and cost $20 if you would run that in, in Amazon. That's the, uh, the LPEP one, uh, yes. the, the standard one with this JTK tool that would take between two days and four days. So four days, if you take the classical JTK tool, which is the output that most hospitals uh, still prefer, there is an optimized version where Intel actually optimized the part of the process, but that still takes two days. Wow. So that's uh, much better than four days, but with LPEP, we are then in let's say uh, yeah six hours so that's still a lot of faster with exactly the same output than the four days version that hospitals prefer interesting so you you mentioned here a number of hours and then in the first question you mentioned something like 10 minutes or something what's the difference there and, and what makes up for the extra speed yeah the thing is so you have several analysis that you would like to do and so sometimes you take the the whole genome and then it would take roughly speaking, these are the six hours. Sometimes you take an exome, which is like a smaller part, and then that one you can do in 10 minutes. Wow, interesting. So it depends on the, the size and the analysis you want to do. Now, what kind of genome are we talking about here? Are we talking human genome? Are we talking uh, genome of a fruit fly? Which one are we talking about? The, the human genome. So the ones that most hospitals uh, prefer. <laughs> yes. I guess they don't need the genome of a fruit fly, do they? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't want to. Uh, it could be very interesting research there. So you're a cautious <laughs> scientist. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell us. I mean, speed is better. Cheaper is better. Obviously, it just in and of themselves. But what does this unlock? What does it do? What What can we do now that we couldn't do before? Yeah. What we are helping enable is the the move from using DNA 
and DNA sequencing based tools from research into a clinical setting and a clinical setting in, in the daily practice. So most hospitals do clinical research as well, and their speed and, and cost is also important, but the volumes are much lower. But if we, we talk about a hospital that buys a sequencing machine for daily clinical practice, they really want to use this. And if you, you think about recent DNA machines that you use at volume, they can produce up to 90, about, sorry, 9,000 uh, genomes a year. Mm-hmm. And if you need to, to do that, if you really let this machine run for a full year, then the processing of the outputs would take a year and a half to compute parts <laughs> that we solved. And that's a problem, right? That's not very cost effective. And so that's that's what we're trying to enable. So help hospitals take that step to use DNA in a daily setting cost effectively. That's pretty interesting. There used to be a saying in the computer industry that what Intel giveth, Microsoft taketh away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to see that the software is starting to give back here. So let's dig into that just for a little bit, because what you're talking about is medicine and medical treatment that is tailored to somebody based on their genome, tailored to them based on what genes they have. So I assume there's some some real basics in there, right? Do you have the genome pattern for a particular disease or, or predisposition to some particular thing or not, right? But are you also working into higher order things like tailored medication, that sort of thing? That's uh, a great question, and that's indeed one of the possible directions that we want to enable. But before we can do that, if you want to go to to tailored medicine, then you need to have quite a large data set. And so by making now this initial genome sequencing practical and cost-effective, this pool of available data will become bigger. Since if my DNA is sequenced and I'm one in 10, there's only 10 other people, then you can compare it with nine other people, but chances are that it will be a lot different. Mm-hmm. But if we can do that for millions of people, then the chances that I resemble somebody for which we have more information is much bigger. So that's indeed one of the subsequent goals that we want to enable to go to such uh, those type of research and then linked to care. Interesting. Personalized care. So you're building the software platform that's making the sequencing much, much quicker. Are you also building a platform then to enable what you're talking about here, which is that, hey, if you've got my genome, you've got your genome, and you've got several million others, you can make more intelligent inferences about how to treat somebody. Are you making a software platform to enable that, or is that somebody else's job? No, we're also working on that in collaboration, actually, with other partners. So... We worked on that in combination with the university in Belgium, the KU Leuven. So we're collaborating to make that possible in a privacy-preserving way, because that's important. We're talking about the genome of people. So that's not something that you just want to pool in a single large database and let just anybody do queries, right? Uh, So you want to enable research and be able to conceptually pool this data, but without actually pooling it. And so that's a type of distributed querying and distributed analytics that we are engaged in. 
Very interesting topic. Of course, that's a big deal lately with sites like Ancestry or 23andMe or services like that, right? Like who owns DNA, who owns your DNA record and, and what can they do with that and who has access to that? So big questions there, which are challenging, but obviously you're doing it in some sort of differential privacy or distributed way so that it's not uh, releasing your personal DNA and tagged to you as well. Yeah, exactly. So and, and also subsequent effects, eh? if, if you let people query it, even in a safe way, you don't want that indirectly, it still leaks information. Yes. So it's a very interesting area because there's a lot of data. It's very complex analysis and you want to make sure that it, it preserves privacy that's ethically correct. Very, very interesting. Okay, so how do scientists get access to your innovation? How do they start sequencing genomes 10 times faster? Well, it's uh, luckily not that hard. So uh, <laughs> we have open sourced it. So LPREP4, that's a predecessor, has been on GitHub for quite a while now. Uh, the new version, LPREP5, that we released will be there not too long from now. And we're actually uh, releasing it with a, a dual license. So it's an open source license on the one hand. That's AGPL. So people are forced to potentially give back useful extensions they make. That's what we want. Mm -hmm. uh, but for people for which this is too, too restrictive, they can also get, we call it, or we will call it a commercial license. But so one that you are not forced to give back the extensions you make, but then you need a, a paying license because then we can use that money to again improve the open source version. I, so, like it. I like it a lot. You can pay by either helping improve the code or you can pay by forking over some dollars or euros. Yeah, that's the intention that we get going because we want to continue working on, on Genomex uh, software. So. Excellent, excellent. Now let's extend this out a few years. And uh, we talked about this a little bit as we were prepping for the show. I I've got a computer on my wrist right now. Many of us do. It has a lot of sensors. Do you foresee a time when you might be able to, somebody might be able to sequence a genome in their basement, uh, maybe on a wearable or something like that? Yeah, that's indeed uh, a good question because so iMac is actually most known for all the work in, in nanotechnology and, and applications of nanotechnology. And so we have groups working on various aspects for making such a device a, a reality. And we actually have a lot of building blocks already. So I have colleagues that worked on uh, macular fluidics, and that means that you could enter a saliva sample or a blood sample directly on such a device. So without having to go to complex preparation steps uh, that would then be done with this fluidics in this device. We also have chips, uh, sensors that could do the, the, the sequencing itself on, on a device. And we then have all the, the knowledge and the analysis. Uh, that's what we release now with LPREP, but we could scale that down and put that same compute in such a small device by leveraging some of the work that iMake is doing on a very small, tiny compute. Mm -hmm. So bundling all of these building blocks, we have done some internal brainstorming. And we think uh, within a four, five years time frame, that's something that we could actually do. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's only a question of integrating these building blocks. That's still challenging, but still a lot of the basic blocks are actually there. So, yes. and then you would have a wearable where we think you enter directly a small amount of blood and within four hours, we could have your fully sequenced DNA 
uh, and some analysis. Very interesting. Just imagine how scientists could use something like that if they're in the field and sequence genome of a new found species almost immediately, as well, of course, of the medical benefits potentially of having genome sequenced of a uh, hundred million people, a, a billion people or something like that, uh, yeah. what that could unlock for, for medicine. Yeah, there is a lot of very interesting applications we could get. So we were thinking about what indeed, what can we do? And for example, to give an example in oncology, there is a number of cancers that currently we can't really treat, uh, multimyeloma, so particular types of, of blood cancer, but they evolve very fast. And so at this point, it is therefore hard to keep track and to tailor the medication to, let's say, the, the current evolution of this cancer that uh, a patient has. But with this tool, uh, we could, for example, a bit like diabetes, you could like give a daily amount of blood that analyzes the, the DNA and that then can adjust the, the, the medication. And we think that if we could do that, that you could turn this much more into essentially a, a chronic disease uh, rather than one that currently is fatal, uh, much too early, for example. Wow. Very, very interesting. Well, Roel, just want to thank you so much for taking a little bit of time. I know it's late in your evening to spend with us and chat with us and tell us what's new. You're welcome. I was very happy to be on the on the show, the podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Well, for everybody else, thank you for joining us on Tech First. My name, of course, is John Kutsir. I appreciate you being along. You'll be able to get a full transcript of this within a few days at johncoutsier.com. The story at Forbes will show up after that. Plus, the full video is available on my YouTube channel. Thank you for joining. Maybe share with a friend. Until next time, this is John Coutsier with Tech First. <laughs>